0: Blood and gore surrounded the whole of the 1860s and the 1870s as the US was building itself back after the bloodiest war in US history. Blood and gore was the fire that brought us into the society we have now. The frontier towns are booming and the economy was growing. The railroads were bringing out immigrants from the East Coast to start their lives and some looking to enrich their lives with farmland. They were moving west, and as they traveled, they would hear tales of what awaited them. Tales of robbery, outlaws and sometimes profit after the horror that just ended five years earlier some settlers and immigrants were about to go from the frying pan and into the freezer as they would meet what i like to call the adams family on meth the benders I didn't see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot. Paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting
1: articles. I was researching for your entertainment. The beginning of a new world. (laughs) The best guac you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This This is is the Black Black Hat Hat Report. Report. See you on the other side. Welcome
0: to the Black Cat Report in episode 65. I'm Joey, your host for today, and joining with me is Gil. Hello, hello, hello. And sadly, Betsube is still on her journey and should be back next week. Now, we know we have been at it for a bit with UFO stories, well, because they have been in the news so much, and we have been finding so much information on UFOs lately. We have some news that we will announce in the coming weeks about some plans we have for some of it. We wanted to get back to an old standby. Well, at least some of fi- my favorite stuff mixed together. I wanted to get back into some old frontier history, and well, it wouldn't fit with us if it weren't for a little murder mixed in. This week we're going to delve into the American frontier serial killer family, the Benders. Is this is this where airhorn? horn? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is where your air horn. Uh, I just want to say, don't get bent out of shape this week. So. Oh, my God. Uh,
1: <laughs> I had to say it right off because uh, you know me. I'm bent out of shape because we're recording this at nine in the morning on a Sunday. <laughs> perfect. This is the perfect time to do it. Honestly,
0: I wish we could have done it at night, but maybe you guys will listen to it at night, so we'll yeah. see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: I actually wrote this script at night, so it was even more fun for me to to
1: listen and read these while I was... Uh, while I was writing it, so that was fun. <laughs> yeah, so you also knew that like, there's no way in hell you could actually record this at night because of how fucked up it's about to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that makes um, sense. I'm, that makes-
0: I'm there. I'm there. I'm with you.
1: Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So, the Benders were a family of serial killers who committed a series of murders in southeast Kansas that at a time caught the attention of everyone in the United States. One thing to know about me is I love a good story of an outlaw or outlaws defying the government and living a life on the run. I mean, who who doesn't freaking love outlaws?
1: Especially frontier outlaws. They're so cool. Most of them. I just love the fact that there's a family of serial killers. Yeah. So it's really really that, crazy. That's just normally like a presidential family. Like ah, yes, yes. Normally yes, we elect true. those folks to office.
0: Yeah, they're not called serial killers, they're just called politicians.
1: Well, yeah, Boom. when you're when you're elected Ooh. to office and you're yeah. a serial killer, it's just you're just a politician. Yeah, exactly. It makes it yeah. easier for us to be okay with it. We have to give them a spot in society.
0: Exactly. So, they make great stories outlaws do. And honestly, they sometimes do awesome things. But this family, they weren't just outlaws trying to make a name for themselves. They're straight up, of course, like we said earlier, serial killers. And to say that it was not just like one person like you just said earlier, uh-huh. like say a Ted Bundy or an Ed Kemper. It was a whole family of them and just gives me
1: nightmares. <laughs> or the Ed, Benders were or yeah. an Ed Bundy or a Ted Kemper. Wait. Yeah. Ed Kemper, Ted wait. Ed Ted, Kemper. Ted, Ted Bundy or Bundy, Ed Kemper. Ed
0: Kemper. <laughs> it's very hard to say, isn't it? The Benders were a family of four okay. who had come to terrify and terrorize their victims. And now they will come to terrify my brain with nightmares. and almost peed my pants, just maybe a little bit.
1: <laughs> I'm worried about all these protein shakes you're drinking, buddy.
0: <laughs> oh, I know, right? Too,
1: yeah. I, I know, I know. And this protein uh, Greek
0: yogurt that I'm drinking—I did not even know—they made right protein now. water. Like, how did you get that? <laughs> there is protein water nowadays. It's my... pretty crazy.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: It's called proder Your poor um, kidneys. Yep. Well, now that I've revealed that, let's get into their story. <laughs> so we're gonna go way back when. Way back when, before you could even before most of us were born, probably most before our grandparents were born, listening to this. Way back when. In October of eighteen seventy, John Gephardt and was thought of as his father, an older man named John Bender Sr., which you also become to known as Pa Bender rode into Labette County, Kansas, which was near Cherryville, which if you don't have any reference of Kansas, I it's don't. literally halfway in between Springfield, Missouri and Wichita, Kansas, which I know probably doesn't help you, but it's the southeast <laughs> corner of Kansas. So that makes it easier, right? It's within the continental United States. Yes. So Kansas has like, okay, so if, if you, let's explain this first. Kansas has like one side of it pretty much that has everything and the other side has nothing. So, so basically- you got Hayes,
1: don't we just have the side with Taylor Swift? No, yeah, that's pretty Yeah, that's Kansas sure. City. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. Kansas City.
0: Which is crazy because Kansas City is also half in between uh, Missouri and Kansas. So tell me more about Taylor Swift because I just- <laughs> We're not going to go into that. I've heard enough on local sports talk radio about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Everybody's talked about it. We all know it's... people have beaten a dead horse and, you know, so- we all know about it. I know if Betsy Bay were here, she'd be one to,
1: to talk about it and you know. I know just... more about that than I do Kansas's like... geography.
0: <laughs> That's fine. As okay. you should. As you should. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Fair. Okay.
0: So <laughs> they came to Kansas, they were looking for a home. So they talked to the local trade store owner about inquiring some land for themselves. Uh-huh. Labette County had just been founded on May sixth, eighteen seventy three, so not Not that long ago. So there was plenty of land ripe for the picking out there. The Homestead Act, which was passed on 1862 during the Civil War, so about halfway in between the start and the end of the Civil War, gave people an opportunity to buy 160 acres of land, provided they could abide by three stipulations, right? So I am going into the backstory of this because it kind of helps you understand where we're coming, where they're coming from, and the lay of the land. Okay. So. Which always helps you get involved with the story like this. Yeah, yeah. So one, they could not have taken up arms against the United States government, meaning they either fought for the Union or they didn't fight at all. So they didn't fight for so the Confederates All like three quarters of the county can't can't do this now. Well, Kansas was actually a Union. Uh, yes. Yeah. So they didn't want to be. Yeah. Well, there was a big fight. So <laughs> there was a huge war in that part to fight. Before the Civil War started, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of history in this, Yeah, that, they wa- that part of it wanted to be part of the Union, non-slave, mm-hmm. and other part wanted to be bloody Kansas, is what they
1: called it. Yeah. So uh, we were not going to go into the backstory of that, because that's a whole other historical thing. So they weren't allowed to raise arms, or they weren't allowed to have had a history of raising arms against it the c- U.S. government. the
0: U.S. government. Correct, yes.
1: So they couldn't have been outlaws either,
0: which kind of makes another part of it. Okay. Um, Two, they must prove that they lived on and improved the land in two years' time. Easy, right? If you're going to live there, you're going to improve it. You're going to put up a house. You're going to put up, you know, barns, stalls for your farmland. And 160 acres. I don't people. I hope people understand that that is a huge swath of land. You know, yeah. like that's a lot. I don't know if most of you probably live on a acre. You know, like one acre, or two acres, and you're like, cool. <laughs> it takes a long time to cut that grass. But yeah. Go all the way out there, and you got 160 acres to. To manage most of it, you know, you're probably not even managing. You just let the cows graze or let animals graze on it. So, yeah. And then number three, which is easy, they must file for a deed of title for the land. It's pretty easy. You know, you just live on it, you don't raise arms against (laughs) the government, and you just file for a deed of title. Super easy to get this land. So, Gephardt and Paul Bender were coming from the East. As they're immigrants, and has become the widely accepted theory that they were of German descent. Um, a lot of this <clears throat> is kind of uh we've I've been doing a lot of research to find exactly where they came from, but the consensus is that they're German descent. Paul Bender spoke almost no English and only spoke German, hence why they have German descent. <laughs> mm. And the English he knew would only come out in grunts. So most of the time when he's talking to him, he's like eh. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So anytime people would talk to him, he'd just grunt. And most of the time, they ended up talking to Gephardt. Gephardt was a much better speaker and spoke English well, but only with a tiny, tiny German accent. So they still thought he was German, but he spoke really well in English. Gephardt was described by a townsperson as having a persistent giggle every time he talked. Or almost like a hyena-like laugh. yes. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: <laughs> <Nine>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you can imagine just someone being deadly serious with you, quoting scripture, and then laughing almost like
1: a hy- hyena
0: in a tiny German accent.
1: But as for these enemies of mine, who did not want me to reign over them, brings them here and slaughters them before me. <laughs> oh, God so loves the world. It was <laughs> only forgotten son. And so whosoever believes in him, so get off of my goddamn yard. <laughs> <laughs> he had anger issues too, I imagine. So he oh, just like I, went from like laughing through scripture to just yelling about getting off of his grass. Yeah, I know. that's how I'm picturing know. it.
0: I think you're you're completely right. Um, I also feel like if you ever seen the movie The Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, I I kind of imagine it a little like that. You know, just add that little bit of like persistent giggle, and a lot of people, especially the 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 townsperson that made that quote about him, and that was this was after making the quote after that they um, they had done their crimes. Okay. So he said that he um, it's it was normal for people in that day after the Civil War to have weird little quirks dealing with P- PTSD. And they call him like little quirks of of, of PTSD, which it's is cute. kind of really sad. So it's cute, but sad that that was so normalized, you know, that that was like, oh, no, it's just the war did that
1: to them. Yeah. So. He likes to just like beat front doors. It's like really weird. But yeah, yeah, normally when he comes, you can tell he's getting comfortable with you when he just goes up to your house and he just starts punching your front door. He's not mad at you or anything. Honestly, he likes <laughs> doors. Um, but yeah, he, he takes his aggression out on that. And small Canadian geese. It's it's a thing. Yeah. But oh. just figurines of geese. I don't know. I don't know how what was he doing in the war? He just <laughs> he just worked in the in the wood mill. He didn't actually fight Yeah, it's a very <laughs> weird form of PTSD. <laughs> he hates
0: that wood mill. But he loves the wood mill at uh, the same. Yeah. Well, if you
1: love it, hate it. Make it go away.
0: That's a very German thing <laughs> to say. <laughs> Not that we don't love German people. We do. Great. We love you out there. Well, the two Benders who did not introduce themselves as father and son seemed to act a whole lot like father and son or like father and a son in law. So it was very weird that the guy explained it saying that he they they never introduced themselves as father and son. They just introduced themselves and
1: it is no uh, father, but the fatherland. We this, should know uh, this by now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Gil is actually really great at German accents, so we we love it. it has nothing to you're... do with my German roots. Oh, nothing at all. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but they t- well, they took some time to look around and find a claim that was suitable for them. <laughs> they found a piece of land immediately east of the two, of two small hills on a farmland that was already owned by some other people. They originally wanted the farmland that was owned by those people, but obviously the the uh, tradesman was like, "You can't have that.
1: <laughs> you got to go next door to them. They originally wanted the land owned by a Polish family. Yeah, <laughs> but they settled for Eastern Kansas. Yes. Yes, they did. Sorry. No, that's awesome. Hol- we that's will be awesome. on this side of Rhine. <laughs> Looks down. There's like a <laughs> fucking split cantaloupe on the ground. That's a really bad joke. It's early. Sorry. <laughs> nah. uh, this side of Drum Creek, which you'll find out. They, they also <laughs> wanted that. So They found a piece
0: of land immediately east of the two small hills, and that was fed by a piece of water called oh, Drum Alps. Creek. Yeah. <laughs> the house. Uh, <the>, <laughs> a piece of water called Drum Creek. They particularly drew the line to grab an overgrown piece of Drum Creek. So they could basically go into this this office and they were like, Hey, we want this piece of land, but we want this extra piece of this of this creek because we know people are gonna gather there, people are gonna be traveling through the area, and these people are gonna need
1: shelter. This is just the most German shit I've ever heard. It, it's I know literally. they were out there fucking, like, going through it, like, basically gritting everything off like it was one giant ass spreadsheet. And we yep. will have this one to the left of the cherry tree. I don't care if it was Washington's. It's ours now. Okay. <laughs> and then we're going to take this one. <laughs> this one. And I would like to pass over that. Could you just please leave that Polish family? Get out of my land.
0: <laughs> they were slowly oh. encroaching on their land.
1: <laughs> yeah. so no, like, it's okay. We we're can have this. not even Polish. We're Australian. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it's just okay. So you can have this. So they built a small and very weird looking house for the area. So, of course. They used sandstone for the base of the cabin Whoa. and also built a deep, deep well for the water because obviously this time you have to build wells, part of it. Gebhardt set up the main cabin area and added a cellar to the house. Okay. Going to come in handy later.
1: Well, this uh, yeah, but in all fairness, <laughs> totally necessary back then. Totally for necessary. Like food preservation.
0: Yeah, preservation. The house was designed as such. So I'm going to explain the house because it's part of the Story for later. Walk me. It's through. basically a modest mm-hmm. symmetrical house of sixteen by twenty four feet and a Ooh. very small nine foot roof. And okay. which is for us, that's honestly like I look up and I'm like, my house is like ten foot roof and it's yeah, so it's small standard. standard. It's standard, yeah. but that's small to me. I'm like, man, like it's not yeah. much room. You can't you also like, drink yell. protein water, so like you're like ready to like, like busting through the roof. Yeah. You know? It's like, an issue. I, like you would like neck reach pains. my hand up and punch through the <laughs> yeah. a, and the neck piece. <laughs> yeah. You
1: you basically every time you sneeze, you put another hole in the ceiling. Like you're just like the hell? pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that's been it's... happening a lot lately. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: They set okay. up a, a trap door in the house to give access to the cellar from a inside little the house.
1: Okay, okay. So no, it wasn't no, a no. trap it's very, door.
0: No, it's very necessary because it's after all, Kansas is freaking. I don't know if anyone's ever been to Kansas in the winter. <laughs> Kansas is so so cold in the winter. Yeah, it snows a lot, and and it just gets
1: horribly cold. Also, well known for tornadoes. So very like, much. So perfect. Yeah, you kind of want that like. Quick access to it. Does yeah. This makes sense. And honestly, 16 by 24 for like, you know, what's more or less a frontier house, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, it's bad, actually bro. pretty damn big.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah. just think of the land that they're on. And then think of this if you were flying over top of it and you just see this one style house, and I actually <laughs> did some research on houses out there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you go into these crazy r- research holes when you're researching for stories. <laughs> And literally, I looked at most of these uh, houses in this area, and most of them all are still on the 160 acre plot lands. So Damn. they're still selling the same amount of lands in the area in Cherryville, and <laughs> and so it's like never really changed much from what almost 200 years ago. Uh, yeah, like 109, yeah. 160 200 years. years ago. Yeah, yeah. So pretty crazy. Damn. So. At the cabin used a big heavy wagon canvas to separate out the room okay so which is you know makes sense because that's probably what they had yeah. yeah so and the room where the front door was located on one side of the canvas was a crude a
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> was a crude but sturdy walnut table with two long benches up on either side you okay. know the ones you can find in a barn style airbnb that are popular now With the sliding barn doors to separate the room (laughs) it's just this long long basically a dining table in the kitchen so the kitchen was also on that side of the canvas but on the other side of the canvas was the well basically horrible
1: pallet beds made of straw so they spent all their time on everything else right and and i'm imagining you know who would this be bender jr brought back that like that long um, table and bench on his back from working in the wood mill during the Civil War. Um exactly. Which is totally made up history, but what isn't these days? Um, yep. So, like, so he carried these on his You're back. You're just inferring. You're just yeah. inferring part of history. Yeah. Yeah. And beat the shit out of the front door, dropped it in there. Uh-huh. And then they just made wood pallet beds, which I'm yep. just straw thrown on top, right? Yep. A yep. little bit of token straw. Damn. Yep. Just enough for the lice to hang out.
0: Literally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it
1: doesn't seem like they cared. So, a
0: lot of this is crazy because they 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 were making this an end. One of the biggest things that they wanted to do was make this an end for people traveling through the area because there was nothing
1: else. They were like about, in the whole area. They were like 160 years, 170 years, like ahead of their time. Because right now, yeah. like you brought up Airbnb, they could yep. have gotten top dollar for this now. They're about yes, they how rustic have. it is. Don't you love it? Get away from the door. Look yeah. at how nice this is. Yeah. And we have the Bible scriptures on the wall. And we have the geese. The geese are back.
0: Yeah, the geese are back. It's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like a really frontier. Corky. Yeah, it's just a quirky frontier Airbnb, honestly.
1: We don't include Wi-Fi because we want people to talk, you know? We just want yeah. people to communicate.
0: Well, by the end of eighteen seventy one the house slash in was disgusting and filled with grime and smelled awful. Bugs were everywhere, and you could hear flies buzzing inside and all around the house. Okay. Outside of their house, they placed a sign that said, Grow Cries. What? Well, they didn't care that they spelled it wrong, because it was literally supposed to say groceries. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hold on. We're getting this as a shirt. <laughs> getting- yes, it's a uh, they G- they pretty R-O-C-R- much see basically
0: grow cries. Yes.
1: <laughs> grow cries.
0: And they did, the the two didn't care at all that they spelled it wrong. They were just like, "Eh, whatever." And people would come up to it and get Quite so it. disappointed. That they didn't have any groceries.
1: They, you don't even have any grow cries.
0: Yeah, they didn't have anything. And they're just like, whatever, it's fine.
1: <laughs> so wait, hold on. They just put up a sign that said grow cries, trying to attract people for groceries. But they literally didn't have any groceries in this place. And it nope. was just a disgusting mess. Yes. It was basically a large outhouse at this point. Yeah, literally, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so their grow cries business isn't going so well? Not, not yet. Huh? Not yet. Yeah. Okay. They're not there yet. Yeah.
0: Okay. They're building, you know. They're just How many years they am, are
1: they into this? Is this like week one? Like, how far are they?
0: Well, so they got there in 70. I think they got there in 71. Okay. And so it's like not too long. It's maybe a couple months, but they've been there. So at that point, that was about a year and a half.
1: Okay. So I'm
0: they, they spent all there their, for a good bit
1: yeah yeah but they spent all their time on like interior design and decorating
0: yeah they made it a nice little <laughs> a nice little raunchy Airbnb I love
1: it yeah yeah that's them there well gotcha. it's about to get spruced up okay it's for crust punks that want to go like you know retro and like yeah go like farm aesthetic but still be a crust punk I kind of like it it's corporate. it's like cbgbs but like you know in the wild west for of. serial killers <laughs> yeah so, yeah okay yeah okay yeah. I'm into this I feel like Sid Vicious would go there and write some albums I think maybe people have or something
0: yeah. yeah so in the spring of 1871 Kate Bender and Ma Bender arrived on stagecoach finally coming from Independence Missouri which is where they're coming from so Ma Bender was also known by two names that, you know, she's been described as two other names and I'm just going to call her Ma Bender. She was known as Almira with an A and then Elvira with an E. So two different names that they said that was her name, but we're just going to call her Ma Bender because I don't want to deal with having to, which name is correct. So it's much easier just to say that. Yeah. Okay. Ma Bender was described as a dirty old Dutch crone. Her (laughs) face was a (laughs) fit picture of the midnight hag that wove the spells of murderous ambition about the soul of Macbeth.
1: Damn.
0: Real looker. Quotes from the town people are hilarious. Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> yeah. let's hear him. These, let's hear him. That was the quote from the townspeople. Oh, damn about okay. her. Yeah, they were freaking lit about that stuff. Damn. Honestly, yeah. So Kate, on the other <laughs> hand, was a sight to behold. A man in town named Maurice Sparks later told reporters of the Topeka County Journal, which after the uh, after the murders, she was not a bad looking girl. Uh. She had high cheekbones and auburn hair.
1: That's all he said. That's all he said about her. <laughs> Basically, he had a crush on her for like a he week, had a and then just me. like never did anything about it, and he just no. was embarrassed.
0: Gotcha. Okay. I mean throughout all of this everyone has a crush on Kate so I mean okay yeah everyone has a crush on her everyone thinks they you know okay. that everyone wants her Every everyone come through town but you know you're living the American frontier life yeah you know young young women are few and far between so true Joey do you have a crush on her uh um, I mean maybe okay yeah I mean she gets into some witchy stuff too which is kind of cool that's pretty um, cool yeah we'll see the only blemish she was known to have was a small scar
1: underneath her left eye. It was a small Canadian goose that was fused to <laughs> her neck. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she had a small blemish under. So she was a little Just bit a like small, left tiny eye. Scar. Yeah. She was. She was like left eye.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, <laughs> eventually won't do what left eye did. So, oh, do you remember her left eye burned down the? Didn't she burn down her? Ex husband's house or burned maybe I'm thinking of the wrong person. I don't remember. Contact at blackcat.report if mm-hmm. you know who this is. If you know what who was the person that burned down their their boyfriend's house or ex boyfriend's house. One of the benders, probably. Group. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Well, she was well known to frequent the Sunday school classes with her brother Gephardt. Okay. Well, brother in quotations is what I'll say. Um though most people honestly thought their connection felt more like a husband and wife than a brother and sister. <laughs> they were more in the line of a Jaime and Cersei Lannister-style relationship than a and Sansa Stark, if you get my meaning. Yes. Okay. If you ever watch Game of Thrones, that's <laughs> the part of it. They were Southern royalty. Got it. Yes. <laughs> she was known to wear a dress that would show her ankles when she sat in the pews at church. Harlot. I know all the boys and men would try to sit within the eyeline of her to get a gaze at her ankles when she'd sit down. Can you imagine such heresy showing your ankles at church? Damn. I know. She was the devil incarnate.
1: I just can't afford tall socks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to do this. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's she she was looked on as as much more than just a uh, nice Bible girl. Damn. Yeah. Well, okay. Anyways, let me get down from my soapbox and continue the story, because you know we can you see your ankles judge from up there. there. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> the benders had a home, and well, they wanted yeah. to rent it out and make a bit more money for themselves. So they already had the grow cries business going. Well, to be fair, they didn't have hard goods to sell, like I said earlier, which kind of pissed people off when they were going by and didn't see anything for sale. (laughs) And actually, which is even funnier, they finally, Kate and Mobbender, fixed the sign to say groceries when when they got there. So
1: Come on down to Bender's Grow Cries, where you can find anything and everything, except anything.
0: (laughs) Bender's Grow Cries needs to be a T-shirt, I think. We need to make that merchandise. So Kate... Of course, decided it was time to pick up a hobby. You know, as mm-hmm. you would in the out, you know in in the outlands. You know, when you're out there doing nothing. I mean, so. she has
1: all this free time after you know helping with the families uh, in their highly successful grow cries store. And now she just she's just like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm I'm assuming she goes into modeling.
0: So with the full support of her family, which I mean, hey, who wouldn't like that, right? She starts a feat. Only OnlyFans. Um, she decided she was going to delve into spiritualism. Okay, same thing. Yeah, yeah, same same thing. Well, let me tell you what spiritualism is if you don't know. And excuse me for my i always diatribes about history because I love history. I'm always here for it, but I want to explain it so we can understand again how things uh. work. And if you don't know what spiritualism is, neither did I until I had to research it. So, obviously. Spiritualism is a belief that your soul is immortal, It's kind of Christianity, kind of on the sidetrack of that, and can be contacted by people called mediums. The mediums are there to translate what you say to the person on the other side and then to you and vice versa. They communicate with the dead. We may know one person who did this and was destroyed for his fakeness in Crossing Over with John Edwards, if anyone remembers that show from like the 2000s. Classic documentary. Yeah, classic documentary. And Well, I would like to preface this by saying that I don't not believe we have souls. And maybe there is another side or afterlife of where we go when we die. But I mean, I just don't know. And if you know more or want to tell me more, please hit us up at contact at blackcat.report.
1: Typing if you completely
0: hate my description of it, please email us at haters at blackcat.report. I won't read it, but I'll know you sent it. I will. And it'll make me sad at night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gil usually sad at night. So yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did want to throw in there because I have to, and my mom, my mom would uh, be sad if I didn't include. So, um, yeah. Spiritualism, especially around like this time, what was called spiritualism, which obviously like terms and meanings and loose categories change over time. right? Um, Spiritualism was huge at this point in time, and it actually did, you know, it went up and down in popularity, and this lasted up until, honestly, the early 1900s. So one of the huge reasons why there was such an uptick in spiritualism, specifically at this time, is because there were so many widows from the Civil War Mm -hmm. um, that the practices which kind of got, like picked up from like europe from uh let's just say like high class folks like in europe who would Mm -hmm. actually have like entire spiritual like i forget what the fuck the term is damn it but it was normal at the time for new houses and cities and stuff to actually have like an entire parlor an entire room just dedicated to spiritual practices and they would have mediums come over and that's where you have all the stuff with like crystal balls and like um ectoplasm like goo and all Mm -hmm. this crap like that coming along in reality you had a long history of complete like charlatans and like con men and women like coming in and just like traveling around tricking people and doing all sorts of crazy stuff um but it was an accepted form of entertainment like and it was something that at the time um I think just because so many people were in despair about like missing members of their family or having yeah. i don't know their entire family wiped out where it's just like a woman yep. where it's <laughs> like all three of my sons and my fucking husband died in that war and now i'm just like living on the edge of town and i'm fucking lonely yeah um you know there wasn't a lot of pushback from most churches like even in the deep south against spiritualism it wasn't like Oh, that's the devil's work. It was just like, oh, it's a way to talk to souls, which we all believe exist, Mm -hmm. right? Like, everybody passes over, da-da-da-da-da, there's stories about angels, so on and so forth. It's not weird that there might be some form of communication. This is also at a time when, like, electricity, getting real big, um, Mm -hmm. and, like, science is making, like, huge, huge leaps. So the idea that there might be some sort of scientific basis behind communicating with folks in the next world is, like... Not crazy when you're having such a boom in technology and all of a sudden everything feels possible. Um, but yeah, spiritualism has a lot of crazy practices that go with it. Um, and yeah, it's changed a lot. So when he's referring to spiritualism, he's not talking about spiritualism now. He's talking about spiritualism during, slash, 200s. like immediately post Civil War in the United States, which had its yeah. own interesting mutations. That's my and, rant. And- and thinking about it too is that like it's so interesting that
0: folk magic and like the and religion coexisted and like Christianity mm-hmm. coexisted so well at this time. Even thinking about, you know, going from the Salem witch trials where they had folk magic, they all used the same thing and most of them weren't killed for it. So it's it's super interesting to understand that like what is looked on nowadays and kind of demonized nowadays from Christianity's side of it was actually practiced side by side a lot of the time during the 1800s, the 1700s,
1: 1600s of folk magic. It was also hot off the heels of plenty of different types of appropriation. Um, mm-hmm. As Christians would like come into areas and be like, you're not allowed to practice that anymore, and like bang them over the head be like, but you can basically do the exact same thing if you move it from winter solstice on the 21st to the 24th and the 25th, which is like yeah. our Lord's birthday. Um, like yeah. now you can practice all your pagan rituals. And it's like there's only a couple hundred years after they really like started that in parts of Europe. Right. Yep. It's like a few hundred years. So that especially with like the way culture and stuff like that, like changed so slowly at the mm-hmm. time um, that you know this is still very fresh so yeah a lot of the like the the magic right and like the folk magic and stuff like Mm -hmm. that it was actually not weird because it was christians trying to kind of infect what was already existing in the cultures it wasn't vice versa you know it was like yeah this is you still had you know and like the incredibly inappropriate term but you still had like Tribes of gypsies, quote unquote, you know, like traveling around, like doing magic, like in like Romania and like all over the area. And they were bringing practices that Christians tried to snuff out, weren't able to snuff out and just kind of continued. Yeah. Don't know where I'm going with that rant, but honestly, it's a lot closer to what shit already was. That's what I'm trying to
0: get. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, here was Kate getting into her new hobby. She would take tours around the town and give speeches about spiritualism, and also a rather scandalous notion, like she was straight out of the 1970s. That's right. She preached about free love. Oh my god! I Ankles know. And all. They- she was a hundred years before their t- before her time. So, this helped her gain quick notoriety, especially with the male spiritualist, who I'm sure wanted to free her spirit. <laughs> Now, she wasn't the only one in town preaching about spiritualism and practicing it. Glenn. There were four other families that started doing this. And as it was something new happening in, in the 1870s, Julia Hessler was one of the women who worked My in town. God. And she was also doing a lot of these seances as well. So she was pretty tall for the time, just being under six foot. This is Julia Hessler. She's about, uh, just under six foot, which is
1: God damn, for she's like four foot two. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Yeah. For For being a woman at the time, she was pretty tall. And even, I guess, nowadays. Well, yeah. She, she traveled alone most of the time because she wanted to prove that she could fend for herself. You know, she was like, I'm tall. I want to do it for myself. I don't want anyone protecting me. She had so many offers from men being like, excuse me, ma'am, let me walk you home. And she's like, nah, get out of here. I got this. I'm taller than you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm taller than you. (laughs) I know it's just two men in a trench coat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Damn it. She got us.
0: Yeah. Well, Kate and Julia met when Kate worked at the hotel when she was a waitress in late 1871. So Kate got a job as a waitress as well because she was looking to bring in some more money because obviously their Grow Cries business was not booming and their in business is not... uh, they haven't got all the reviews they needed for Airbnb yet.
1: Nobody comes to our Grow Cry store or are out.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: place sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cadens sucks. So Kate invited her to the cabin for a seance. As Julia had got swept up in the spiritualism wave. Okay. Julia had decided she was gonna spend the night at the cabin, so she took a stagecoach instead of her horse. Okay. So That night, as she approached the cabin, she noted how the cabin pretty much blended in with the landscape and almost the shoddiness of it, you know, kind of like it was just an outhouse and not an actual inn. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as she walked into the house, Kate was alone creating the circle. So Julia was to be nice to her. She sat down face to face with Kate Mm -hmm. and and her back was to the curtain, the stagecoast curtain in the house. Okay. So she could, Julia could see flies and smell a horrible stench coming from the below the house. But she just said, yeah, it's fine. It's like an, it's an outhouse. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so she took a little tiny glance behind the curtain. Like she flipped the curtain back and just kind of looked, and a stench wafted over her. And uh, she saw a horde of flies just buzzing around the back of that. She kind of just <laughs> took a peek back into their shoddy, crappy beds, and was <laughs> like, "Ugh, that's disgusting." Yeah. As Kate started the séance, and the whispers grew louder, so Kate was just, you know, getting into it, like ps, sp, 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 sp! doing whatever they say in a séance of that, <laughs> which I don't know. I didn't research into, <laughs> but Julia opened her eyes and saw right behind Kate was Paul Bender Gebhart and Ma Bender standing there in the dark Pa Bender holding something that gleamed in the light she said she couldn't really perceive what it was but it looked very odd Julia said excuse me I have to go relieve myself and then kind of shuffled her way out the door as they barely let her out the door As she stepped out of the door, she started to run like hell. And she got to the tall grass. She heard gunshots and bickering among the Bender family as they were running after her. She tripped and fell near a rock that was about 70 feet from the house. She hid behind it for a second. She could hear the bickering getting closer. And Julia looked for something else to hide behind. But knowing she had to run... She picked up her skirt and booked it out of there. She could hear gunshots behind her and yelling. She tripped
1: over a rock that was so large she was able to hide behind it. No, she looked for another rock. Oh, okay. She, it was like, a, yeah, <laughs> like, no, like, she looked for another rock to hide behind. God damn. No. no. Okay, so this yes. is like this is like straight up Hills Have Eyes scenario, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. She could hear gunshots behind her and yelling. She had made it out but just barely okay. with the rotten smell still in her nose. Ooh. She ran literally until the sun came up and she just made it to a friend's homestead as the morning light shined up over the hill.
1: Why didn't she take a horse?
0: Because remember, she had planned to stay the night. Yeah, but, but She, took she all- had planned to stay the night, so she took a stagecoach.
1: Oh, so a stagecoach dropped her off. A stagecoach dropped
0: her off oh, to the house because okay. she was like, hey, I, I trust Kate. I've met her. And yeah. they had done seances together before. So I want to reiterate that they had done seances gotcha, gotcha, at other gotcha, places gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. and at the hotel. Okay. Because so I just trusted pictured her. Like,
1: her horse there the whole time. I'm like, why didn't you? No.
0: Okay. No. And gotcha. so,
1: you know, think about
0: it, though. She's running across 160 acres of like, yep to another homestead, the next door homestead, to get to them. Yeah. So she is wrecked tired yeah. and barely escapes this house. I'm, I guess they just, the, the benders just like the way, the, you know, the hunt because, yeah. you know, they didn't, the thrill of know, the kill. The thrill yeah. the kill because she survived. So, yeah. survived okay. to tell her story. Well, okay. nothing came of it because, well, what? no one was killed and no one was murdered. Okay. She didn't tell anybody until afterwards. That's how her story was told. So, one big cover for the Benders was they lived okay. in an area that was known for horse thieves and outlaws. And after all, this was the burgeoning West. Most of all, the murders and disappearances were blamed on the outlaws. So the murders and disappearances got so bad in this town, they formed a vigilance committee. So they formed their own town watch, is what the vigilance committee became. Mm-hmm. The town watch would take over arresting people and interrogating people. So by vigilance you mean vigilante.
1: Yeah, like, Literally vigilante. Gotcha. They call okay.
0: themselves vigilance committee, but they're vigilantes. There's a better ring to it. I like that. It's some good I like branding. the vigilance committee, yeah. It's 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 a little bit more we're watching over you more than, you know, we're a secret we're not, society.
1: We're not vigilantes. No no no. We're just uh vigilant citizens. We're yes. actually a group of nannies. We are we are vigilant <laughs> citizen nannies. We're vigilant nannies. That's what yep. we are. There we go. That's what we are. And we, you know, we we love to shop local. We get all of our stuff from the Girl Cries down the street. <laughs> um, you know, we like to stay over at the Out when we have the long days in. Uh, yep.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty I don't much. Know that's I'm exactly. <laughs> no, that's pretty much <laughs> it's what they early. did. Too early. Well, for the most part, the outlaws and horse thieves, in quotations, who were captured would eventually be set free because, well. They, for the most part, had no evidence they had done murdering of the people. Uh. Or, you know, and as we might know, there was a certain family that had a hand in it. Oh. And here's where we're getting to the murders by the benders.
1: Midas. Yeah,
0: they're not even there for, I think they're there for a year, year and a half, two years before they start. So, at least recorded once. Yeah. So, in October of 1872, two brothers set off with their fishing equipment to Drum Creek. Both of them had a day off and were ready to catch a few fish to eat for lunch and dinner. They approached a thicket right off the creek. And as the older boy went into the thicket, the younger boy noticed some rags on the thicket. This wasn't like an abnormal thing on the frontier, so but he looked closer at the rags and then noticed there was another shirt hanging in the thicket, kind of a shirt that, you know, the older boy would have worn is what the younger boy said. The younger boy called out to his brother and his brother stared into the stream. The older boy was staring at a dead body laying in the stream. Both of them decided they would rather tell the sheriff and their father. So they ran off and did. The boy grabbed the dress just to show his father to make sure that they believed him that the know. Wasn't just some young boy being like, oh my God, did you see the, you know, poking dead bodies? And the, you know, he wanted his father to believe, okay, there's actually dead people here. So come with us. So after they told him, the father went and got a coroner and got a sheriff. So the coroner arrived to take a look at the body. When he flipped it over, they could see that the man's skull was crushed and his throat was slit open. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, it's not, he just didn't die it out It was there a suicide, yeah. It's obviously. a suicide, yes, yes. yeah. In Drum Creek. So okay. they eventually found out who he was through an ad that the coroner put in the paper with his description. Because <laughs> he didn't have any identifying papers, he didn't have any money, he didn't have anything. He was sadly identified by his wife yeah. who saw the newspaper after her husband had been gone for too long. He was headed out to help finish building a school because he Damn. was trying to pay off the money he borrowed to help build the school. Yeah, this is a good guy that's like, well, now he's dead. So uh, the benders are not good people as much as uh, people wanted to hit on Kate. His wife was left with their children, broke, and now in debt. The death was eventually blamed on a man named R.M. Bennett who owned and farmed the land he was found on. So that part of Drum Creek was owned by R.M. Bennett. Um, The Vigilance Committee the vigilantes visited the site of the death and noticed there were tracks where the body was dumped there it was a wagon wagon wheels a track of wagon wheels so the wagon had a unique feature which they found out there being little detectives the wagon had a back wheel that was dished the wrong way so it was basically like put on the wrong way and gotcha. it made a weird noise the wheel did because it was also overloaded frequently and heavily and never changed. So the back wheel of it was just running weird because they put it on first wrong, and then also they just put so much heavy stuff on this uh, on this wheel that eventually it like changed its pitch. So it was definitely different than normal trucks. They did the research and found out that R.M. Bennett did not have a wagon like that. So he was eventually cleared of the charges, and as the leads ran dry,
1: they couldn't find anybody that was at fault for it so they just let it go so they basically just went up to his house and they, do you have a wagon with a squeaky wheel He's like, no yeah. i swear <laughs> what is this oil can doing here i was <laughs> drinking it nah. yeah well yeah. got the wrong man boys sorry <laughs> i
0: mean this time there's really not much else they can do like they don't have dna evidence they didn't have a lot of else to go on plus they weren't also trained they weren't, you know, like the Pinkertons. You know, the Pinkertons, I yeah. think, were at this time were like, the the big detectives in this area and scared a lot of people, be- yeah. scared a lot of outlaws because they were the, the company that would search for everybody. So they didn't, you know, at this moment, it could have just been, you know, somebody was murdered, but it could have been the, out- the in quotations, outlaws and horse thieves mixed in with bad company and then really wasn't much they could do, so they kind of just let it go. Yeah. Well... In November and December of 1872, three different men at three different times went missing as they all went on their way to Independence, Kansas. They're looking to find some new land for their families and themselves. So, Ben Brown, W.F. McCrofty, and Henry McKenzie, Henry McKenzie, who (laughs) his nieces and nephews later called him Hank, were all murdered. Yeah. yeah, Oh, damn it. They were all murdered. These bodies were all found in an apple orchard on the Bender's property. That was also found out later. So, getting the worst of it, Henry McKenzie's body was mutilated and split up into different areas. So, I do want to, to make you guys understand too is like a lot of these people don't have a lot of what happened to them because we didn't have DNA. They didn't, nobody went back and retraced the steps of these people. So, these three people were just found murdered and were found attributed later to the benders so just the little extra so in december of 1872 in a homestead south of independent kansas a man named george lonker was making preparations to go to iowa it was starting to get cold and he wanted to do the trip earlier due to it being warmer the week before this man was a blacksmith and he was very much in demand at that time because everybody wanted blacksmiths to get Whatever they're doing with their wagons, you know, getting some, you know. Have you guys horses. heard of
1: metal? It's like really cool. You can like <laughs> do all these things with it.
0: Yeah, gotcha. I don't know if he was German though. Good, he probably was. Yeah, he and his wife had arrived in Kansas in 1870. Mary Jane, his wife, was skilled in the garden as well as she was loved in the community. Of course, I'm petty. Mary Jane was skilled <laughs> in the garden and loved the community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Mary Jane.
0: They had a little boy who was around eight years old. In May of 1870, their little boy grew pale and started coughing. Sorry. His little cheeks turned red. Mary. They sent for a doctor, and the doctor diagnosed it as lung disease. <laughs> and he soon after he passed away. I don't know oh. why you're laughing at this <laughs> poor little boy being killed.
1: Mary Jane's. Mary Jane's son turned pale. I know. Started coughing.
0: I know. It's very, it's it's very ironic it's on brand, and, but it's sad. It oh is, yeah, yeah, but he
1: died. But there was like so he many died. people that died. Also, everybody from this
0: time is dead. Everyone. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So the family obviously was very destroyed by this. Mm. But again, like we're just saying, it sadly wasn't abnormal in the homesteading life. Uh-uh. So, most children did not live past adolescence, and most women spent years pregnant, which is just, I cannot imagine that, Ugh. just being constantly pregnant year after year, because they have to keep coming, kids come in, they have to, to to work the farms, to work the homestead lives, and because most children don't live past being a child, they they die, so they don't actually get adults most of the time, so they have, to have basically, it's you know, ratios, they're just like, how many kids can we have, because we know 50, 70% of them are going to die. So, Mary Jane became pregnant again and then gave birth on January 12th, 1871. Mary Ann was born, so they didn't, you know, very much easier just to name it the same, almost the same. This was a joyous occasion for both, but sadly, less than a week later, <laughs> Mary Jane passed away because of complications from childbirth. Uh-huh. Yeah, this guy George just can't can't win. It sounds like Keanu Reeves to me, honestly because Count Reeves had his wife die, and then his child die, like almost in the same week, because, Mm. yeah, it's pretty crazy. So George remained in the homestead for about a year without Mary Jane. You know, he was just raising Mary Ann, because he's, you know, this is what he did. He was a single father now. So in the early hours of a cold December week of 1872, going back to the future where we are, George said his goodbyes to his neighbors, one of whom he purchased a team of horses from, and he headed off on the trail. I do want to say that is an important note for the future because the man that he purchases horses from will come into the story later. So As he made his way through the Kansas cold, he pulled up to Bender's home to escape the cold for a night and buy some supplies because he wanted some grow grease. Uh, yeah. As normal, Kate and Gebhardt greeted them as they rode up. Okay. George and his 18-month-old Mary Ann Purchased some supplies. Apparently, at this time they had some supplies. It was very weird that they said this in the story. So got I a, guess he purchased a little a butter bit. Knife. They maybe had some food. Yeah, but we knives. have a
1: pile of flies. Yeah, <laughs> and they t- inquired
0: t- about staying the night at the out slash in. This is one of the <laughs> yeah.
1: fanciest outs I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> so Caden Gebhardt agreed and invited them in. George walked into the house. And immediately could see and hear the flies buzzing around. But thought, like, oh. it's still better than being cold on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously.
1: How, how, is it, how is it winter and their house is still filled with flies? I have no idea. Because like, they are you know, trying to keep these flies alive actively.
0: I mean, they are actively they're, they're trying doing...
1: to keep these flies. It is December in Kansas. Yep. And their house is still infested with flies. Like, yep. damn. Yeah, it's pretty bad. This is impressive. Have to be a horrible smell. So they should have just became one of those shitty ass like highway zoos. Come oh, see yeah. the dancing flies. The survivable you know. flies. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: he sat down on the bench with Marianne, and with Kate on the other side, he noticed the draped canvas hanging down to separate the living quarters. What's that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's what's over there? Kate told George that she was a spiritualist. And could talk with the dead, which I mean, Uh, ah, yes, probably hook line instantly. That's because I'm a spiritualist. (laughs) Well, (laughs) she said that in a matter of fact thing. And and (laughs) honestly, George just had lost his wife and his son like a year or two before. Yeah. So he's like, oh, yes, great. I would love that. This is like a great perk being here with this, this inn, you know? Like, yeah, you guys, you're in shitty, but man, I get to maybe talk to my wife and, you know, my deceased wife and my my kid that just died. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's do let's it. Do this know? thing, yeah. Yep. So Kate lit some candles and started the seance. His eyes firmly set upon Kate as she started speaking to spirits, all the while not noticing the wind howling outside and Marianne getting restless. His eyes intent on Kate the lights dimmed a tiny bit, and the curtain behind Kate moved just a little bit and unveiled three others standing in the dark. Kate kept speaking, and then with another flicker of the candle lights, boom. And that is where we'll leave off for next week in the conclusion of the Bender Family Part 2. Hell Thank yeah, you all man. for listening. We'll see you next week.
1: Yes. Yeah, see y'all next week. Bye. thank you so much for listening
0: to the black cat report in episode 65 on the benders american frontier serial killer family part one the book we used for this episode was hell's half acre by susan Jonassis. please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back next week with part two of the series so we'll see you on the other side